Good evening. This is Patrick Donahue of Bible Crossfire. We appreciate you listening every week at this same time. This is a program where we allow you to call in with your Bible questions, make your comments. If you feel that we're teaching something that's incorrect, give us a verse that proves us wrong. Because we want to be right. And if you can prove us wrong, you're going to be our best friend. We want to know what the truth is because only the truth will set us free from sin. John 8, 32. We're going to take a call right now. Jim from Iowa. Go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yeah, about a, around a week ago or so, they had a deal here in town. That homosexual pervert in Indiana that's supposed to be the president, he was here in town. And uh, what I can't get is how depraved the United States has got or that, that town would vote for someone like that to be their leader. And I'll tell you what, the town, the picture, the paper here had pictures of him in there, a couple of homosexuals, you know, had their arms around him. I mean, this country has got so bad. I'll guarantee you the grade school kids, high school kids, they don't think there's anything wrong with that. The high school kids in town, they had some king they voted for, and they voted for a homosexual pervert to be their king. It's gotten that bad. And I don't think it's going to get any better. So they hadn't voted for this guy yet. People are voting for him, but I don't think he's going to win. But let me read, Jim, Romans 1, 26 and 27. It says, For this cause God gave them up into vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. That's talking about lesbians and condemning it. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another. Um, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which is meet. So that's talking about gay men. And the Bible condemns this, Old Testament and New Testament, several different places. And the guy running for president is a, a gay man. He's homosexual. And the Bible condemns his lifestyle. It doesn't matter how much people try to justify it. A person like that cannot be saved unless they're willing to repent and quit, change their lifestyle. Jim, you have here's any follow-up? Yeah, here's a bad part. In South Bend, Indiana... All the people that voted for this pervert to be their mayor, they vote for him to be their leader. They've already voted for him. How can it get? How can the United States got so bad? You see these guys all over the place. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you another one. The high school here in town hired a, a female homosexual, that's so-called married to another pervert, to be the head girls' basketball coach. You want that woman in the locker room with your daughter? I mean, I, it's sort of bad to say all this stuff, but it's true. And it's not going to get any better because I got pre I hear preachers all the time. I mean, you've talked to them. They say there's nothing wrong with it, and the, the, yeah. the homosexuals are preachers. I mean, oh, I mean, it's just hard to Jim, believe this country's got so bad this fast. It has gotten very bad. Thank you for your call, Jim. Another thing that shows that morality has has gone haywire is a verse like this one in Matthew nineteen nine, where Jesus said, "Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication." And shall marry another committeth adultery. And whoso marrieth her which is put away doth commit adultery. So our country is getting bad. It accepts gay marriage and it accepts adulterous marriages. And a lot of churches are accepting gay marriages and most churches accept adulterous marriages. Pat, you ask, what's an adulterous marriage? That's when a man divorces his wife, the one he's supposed to be married to, for a reason other than fornication. And he remarries somebody else. Jesus says that's adultery. So it's an adulterous marriage. People are living in these adulterous marriages. Churches go along with it. I've been told, I've read the stats, that 20 to 30% of most congregations are filled with these people in adulterous marriages, and churches and preachers don't say anything about it. Our country has gone 
to the seeds uh, uh, with gay accepting homosexuality, accepting adulterous marriages. It's just it's totally contrary to what the Word of God teaches. My friend Anton from Canada, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Hey, Patrick. Uh, good to talk to you. Yeah, I'm glad you? to hear from you. All right. I'm fine. Um, uh, first of all, I want to say that I very much agree with your first point uh, when you talked about I, I overheard some of the uh, conversation. And our country is, is going very much the same direction. You know, like it's, uh, it's very, very, very bad. It's, uh, um, but uh, what I wanted to talk about today is uh, last week uh, on, on your program, I heard uh, again you were saying uh, about, uh, uh, about babies being uh, born. And I, I just, I'm just wondering, how can two people have the same Bible, look at the very same scripture, uh, come to uh, two completely different conclusions? And I have some uh, Bible verses that I would like you to uh, like to give you, and uh, have your opinion about it, and see what you think uh, those uh, verses teach. Okay, uh, give me uh, Anton. Give me one. Give me one verse. Give me one verse and let me deal with it, okay? Don't 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 read off too many because we don't have uh, got other people waiting on the on the line. Give me a verse and let's oh, talk I, about it. Can I give you at least two? Okay, two would be good, Anton. Okay, uh, I'll give you Romans three verse twelve, and okay. then Exodus Exodus twenty uh, five and six. You're probably very familiar with that one. Yeah. All right, there's a couple more, but uh, I'll, I'll do that on Facebook. Okay, <laughs> Romans 3.12, Exodus 25 and 6. I'll look at those, Anton, and we'll talk about them in relation 20, to babies being born in sin, right? Right, yeah, we'll do that. Baby, I'm a, yeah, like, I'm a, why don't you hang up? I'm going to let you drop you off the line and you listen, okay? Sure. Okay, here we go. Let's first go to Romans 3.12. Now, Anton is saying this would prove that babies are born sinners. But Romans 3.12 says, They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. So this actually teaches exactly the opposite of what Anton says. Now remember, Anton says, he said, These verses teach that babies are born uh, in sin. This is the original sin doctrine, that babies are born and they inherit the sin of Adam. But this is the opposite of what this verse says. It says they are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. So it's not that they were born out of the way. No, they were gone out of the way. They changed from being completely innocent. And this said, and then they got where they were gone out of the way. They became unprofitable. Not that they were born unprofitable. If they were born un- unprofitable, it would be impossible for them to become unprofitable. But this in- indicates, this implies that they were born innocent and then became unprofitable. So that's the exact opposite of what Anton says the Bible teaches about original sin. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 29 shows this. It says, Lo, this only have I found, that God hath made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions, or as the newer translations would say, sinful schemes. And so the reason man is not upright is not because he's born not upright. God makes him upright, but we are not upright 
because we choose to sin. We choose to sin. We are, God makes us upright, that is without sin, completely innocent. Anybody that would look at a baby could tell that a baby is completely innocent, and that's exactly what the Bible says. So let's go to Exodus 20, Anton's other passage. Exodus 20, 5 and 6. It says, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So Anton, my friend Anton, is saying that this phrase in Exodus 25, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, proves original sin. But first of all, that doesn't make any sense because if that verse proved that, then that would mean that Adam's sin was inherited down to the third and fourth generation and would stop. But actually, Exodus 20 is not talking about inheriting the guilt of sin. It's talking about the consequences of sin. Let me give you an example. Suppose you have a drunk driver. And he gets into a car accident, and and a little child, a little baby, in the other car is killed in the car accident. Now, that little baby suffers the consequences of the sin of that guy who got drunk and went driving. The little baby died, but the little baby was not guilty of sin. No, the drunk driver was. But the little baby and the parents of that baby had to suffer the consequences of that drunk driver's sin. But if Anton was still on the line, I would ask Anton, when that little baby, that infant, died in that car accident because of a drunk driver, did that baby go to heaven? Or did it go to H-E-A-L, the bad place? Well, if his original sin is true, then that baby goes to the bad place because he has that original sin. He's never been forgiven of it. But if that baby is born innocent, like Ecclesiastes 7, uh, 29 teaches which we just read a while ago, then that baby's going to heaven. If Anton agrees with me that that baby's going to heaven, then he understands completely what I'm saying when I say the little baby is completely innocent of sin, that he's just suffering the consequences of the drunk driver's sin. And that's what Exodus 20, verse 5 is talking about. We know that because Exodus 18, verse 20 says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father. Neither shall the Father bear the iniquity of the Son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. So this verse is very clear. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The Son shall not bear the iniquity of the Father. My dad's name was Kenneth Donahue. This verse says, I did not inherit sin from my dad, and neither did Seth inherit sin from his Adam, from his father Adam. None of us inherit the sin of our forefathers. This verse makes that perfectly clear. And so all of these verses in the Bible are true. We don't need to say, well, I found a verse that proves my doctrine. Therefore, I'm going to ignore all the rest of them. No, all the verses in the Bible are true. So we have to make all of them, uh, all of them right. And so we, we see that original sin doctrine is clearly shown to be false. We see that from Ecclesiastes 7.29, Ezekiel 18.20. These other verses, as a matter of fact, Romans 3.12 teaches that people become unprofitable, not that they're born that way. Let me mention something while I'm thinking about it. About two or three weeks ago, I started doing something a little bit new, and that is doing Bible studies 
via the phone. Because I, most of you live so far from me. This is a national program that also goes into Canada. You live so far from me, I can't study with you down at your, sitting down at your kitchen table. So I said, I can study with you over the phone. And I've got five or six people now studying weekly with me by the phone. And I would love to study with you by the phone. The way that would normally work is I would send you an outline, maybe by email. And then when the time came that we was convenient for us, we would sit down and have a one-hour Bible study over the phone using that outline. If you would like to do that, I would like to do it. It's free of charge, of course. If you'd like to do that, go to my website, BibleCrossFire.com, BibleCrossFire.com, and you'll see a, a, a thing you can click on to send me a message or, or, or to ask a question or to even request a Bible study. Click on either one of those and ask for that phone Bible study, and we'll be glad to work out a time that's convenient for you. BibleCrossFire.com. Go there, click on the icon to ask for the Bible study or to send me a message asking for the Bible study. We can do it by phone, one hour, free of charge. Phil from Michigan, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Hi, Patrick. On last week's program, you said that people have to serve God to be able to go to heaven. And I want to say up front, I disagree with that premise, but I serve God a lot more than a lot of people, and I serve God a lot less than a lot of people. How do we know when we've done enough service to be able to go to heaven? Well, let me let me read a verse to you, and it's uh, it's in the Old Testament. We're not under the Old Testament anymore, but I just I wanted to read this to you because it it kind of gets at what you're talking about. How much? It's uh, I believe it's in Deuteronomy five, verse twenty nine. It says, "Oh, that there were such an heart in them, that they would fear me, and keep." All my commandments, always. So that's what we got to do, Phil. We have to have the kind of heart that's willing to keep all of God's commandments always. Do you see that from Deuteronomy 5.29, Phil? Keep all my commandments always. You see that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, we none of us do that perfectly. And so when we see, and this is why we need the death of Christ, the blood of Christ, because none of us live perfectly. If we could live our whole lives perfectly, we wouldn't need the death of Christ. But we don't. None of us do. We're supposed to try to keep all of God's commandments, and we're talking about New Testament commandments in our dispensation, always. And when we fail, we need to repent of that. God said, Jesus said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And so in, in Acts 2.38, Peter said, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. And so we have to try to keep all of God's commandments always. That's what he expects us to do. And when we fail, we repent of those sins, ask God to forgive us based upon the death of Christ, and we get forgiveness. But we're not going to be saved if we if we refuse to repent of our sins. For example, the gays out there who claim to be, be believers in Christ came, claim to believe in the Bible but they refuse to repent of their homosexual sin, they're not going to be saved because they refuse to repent. You can't receive forgiveness without repentance, and you can't go to heaven without the forgiveness that comes based upon repentance, that comes based upon the death of Christ. William from Colorado, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Hey, Patrick. Hey, how are you doing? It's about original sin. When we are born, we are not being held responsible 
for Adam's sin, but we have the potential to sin because you and I, no one had to teach us how to say no, how to lie, how to steal, how to disrespect our parents, anything like that. We are not held accountable until we reach that age of accountability. Right. William, I think I agree yes. with you. You think about it. We do have we we have the ability to sin, and and so did Adam and Eve have the ability to sin. And of course, they weren't born with original sin, were they, William? No, they were not. So so Adam and Eve were not born with original sin, and they had the ability to sin. And it's the same way with us. We're born without any original sin. We're made upright, Ecclesiastes 7.29 says. But we do, God gives us the ability to make free will choices. We're not robots. So as the caller said, we reach an age of accountability. We realize what sin is and we choose to sin against God. Then then we're held accountable for our sins when we reach that maturity level. That was a good call. Earl from Texas, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yeah, I was going to talk along that same line there. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. It, it doesn't say we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God except for babies. And I don't understand why you're afraid to use the word hell on your program. I mean, hell is a terrible place, and it's not a H-E-L-L or a whatever else. Hell's a place, a terrible place for people who need to go there. So you don't need to be afraid to use that word on the air. Anyway, thank you. Thank you for your call. You know, one of the passages that uh, that people use to teach this inherited sin idea is Romans chapter 5, verse 12. But it shows, again, like Romans 3, 12, it shows the very opposite. Let me read that. Romans 5, 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. So it is true, according to this verse, that de- sin entered the world through Adam, no doubt about that. But then when it says, death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned, that shows that babies have not received eternal death, have not died spiritually because they haven't sinned. See? They haven't sinned. This says death passes upon all men for that all have sinned. So we're not sinners because we are inherited that from uh, Adam. We're sinners because we sin. Death passes upon all men for that all have sinned. That's what the Bible teaches. It didn't say death passes upon all men because Adam sinned. It says, death passes upon all men, for that all have sinned. Ancon, go ahead. You're back on the air. Okay. uh, Thanks, thanks, Patrick. Uh, Just a clarification. If you say that uh, uh, all have sinned, what's the meaning of all? Does that mean all? Like, is that that just uh, all adults, or is that all uh, all people... uh, ages six and up, or, or what, what What does the word all mean? Well, it, it's not talking about babies here, because babies don't okay, have a uh, conscious decision okay, to see. Let me, my, let me okay, read you a verse question. to help you see that. Let me read you a verse to help you to see that. I'm going to Isaiah chapter 7, 
verse 14. It says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. It shall call his name Emmanuel. Buttered honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. But before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that thou abhorrest shall be forsaken of both her kings. And so what that's saying is there's a time before a child knows to refuse the evil and choose the good. You see what that's saying in Isaiah seven sixteen, Anton? So at, at what age would you say they become sinners? Uh, uh, like when they're born, they're born sinless. And then at what age do they become sinners? Well, there's not an exact age. It's when they reach an age of maturity so that they know the difference in right and wrong, between right and wrong. And what, here's uh, what here's another story? verse. It's different for Romans, every person or what? Yes, different for every person. Romans 9.11, speaking of Jacob and Esau, says, For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. So babies, when they're born, have not done good or evil. Do you see what I'm saying? They haven't done anything good or evil. What does it mean to be perfect? Well, perfect, I guess what you're talking about, is means at the absence of sin. Is that what you're asking about? Well, uh, like you said to, uh, to, to our friend Phil, uh, you have you, we, we are not perfect, but uh, then Jesus said, "Therefore, you be perfect, like just like our heavenly Father is perfect." You know, like mm-hmm. we're, we're we're supposed to be perfect, like God is perfect. Yeah, right? and so when like when we Matthew, like in Matthew, so when we fail to do according to God what God says, then we need to repent because God wants us to be perfect. And if we fail Uh to be perfect, when we sin, we need to repent. Remember Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Ray from Texas, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Uh, Yes, I would listen to the response of somebody about the oil, but I would like to say, when David says that the Lord, when he prayed his prayer, he was born and shaped in iniquity in his mother's womb. And so the baby's born and shaped that way as well, but he's just not... A baby don't get an opportunity to bring about that sin. But he will die a physical death, but he will not die a spiritual death because he didn't get an opportunity to, to uh, function with that sin. Thank you for your call, Ray. I think I'll respond to that. Let's go to that. Let's go to Psalms 51 and, 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 res- and respond to that. Verse 5. David, we assume David is the writer here. He, he says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. A lot of people say, see, David was in sin when he was conceived. No. Again. Love you guys, but you keep bringing up verses that teach the very opposite of what you're trying to prove. This doesn't say David was in sin. It says his mother was in sin when he was conceived. In sin did my mother conceive me. Not David. So this, again, teaches the very opposite of what you guys are trying to teach. Now, the last verse in the book of Jonah, talking about Nineveh. This is an interesting text along these lines about young children and babies. Verse 11 of Jonah 4 says, And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score, six score thousand persons, 
that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand and also much cattle. You see, so God, here's where we're talking about this age of accountability. Here's some children or perhaps uh, people who are slow. We used to call them mentally retarded. There was many of them here that could not discern between their right hand and their left. They're not going to be held accountable. They don't know the difference in between right and wrong. They don't understand sin. This verse makes that clear. If you want to have that phone Bible study, go to BibleCrossFire.com, click on one of those icons to send me a message or ask for a Bible study. I would love to have a one-hour phone Bible study wherever you live. Also, you can just call me or text me on my cell phone. Pat Donahue at 256-682-9753. Call me or text me. Tell me you want that phone Bible study. 256-682-9753. 256-682-9753.